The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah. Look, I am going to send my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice cries in the wilderness. Prepare a way for the Lord. Make his paths straight. And so it was that John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. All Judea and all the people of Jerusalem made their way to him, and as they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, they confessed their sins. John wore a garment of camel skin, and he lived on locusts and wild honey. In the course of his preaching, he said, Someone is following me, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not fit to kneel down and undo the strap of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. A good friend of mine began his journey towards priesthood by reading the gospel that we have just begun reading today, the gospel of Mark. Somebody handed him a copy of the gospel on its own, a copy removed from the Bible. And he often told me about how he carried that gospel, that small little pamphlet really, up into his bedroom where no one else could see him and he gradually made his way through it. Mark's Gospel has been called the Disciples' Handbook, maybe because it's the shortest of the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. If you wanted to read the whole Bible, beginning with the Gospel of Mark wouldn't be such a bad idea. You could easily read it in a couple of hours. Even I've seen it read completely in public in 45 minutes by some very skilled actors who were reading through it. Reading the gospel transformed my friend's life. It led to him offering his life as a priest to share the good news with others. In Mark's gospel, my friend encountered what the writer of the gospel intended the good news about Jesus Christ, Son of God. At the moment, we are journeying with a new translation of the Roman Missal. You can see it there on the altar. The book of prayer that we use in the Catholic Mass. You could say that we are at the moment a little bit lost in translation. You see, all of the prayers that we use all of the readings that we listen to are translations. We mightn't be aware of it, but for example, the entire Old Testament was first written in Hebrew, the language of the people of Israel. Properly speaking then, the Old Testament is called the Hebrew Bible. When the Israelites were 
expelled from their own land and had to leave for other various reasons, they journeyed out into a new world, the Greek-speaking world, and eventually they would translate their entire Bible into Greek for all the people who were Jewish still gathering to worship and pray in their synagogues. For that reason, remembering that Jesus was a Jew, the first Christians wrote down the Gospels in the primary language of their own day, Greek. And when Christianity then spread as far as Rome and became more or less the state religion of the Roman Empire in the third century, the Bible and all the prayers of the church were translated from Greek into Latin because Latin was the official language of law, of business, and of civic life in ancient Rome. It took almost 20 centuries, almost 2,000 years, for the church to make the big leap of using the language of local people around the world for mass. And so it was in 1965 that the first translations of the Roman Missal in English, Irish, and all the other languages of the world began to be used at Mass. It would take another 10 years, from 1965 to 75, for a stable translation in English to be developed. And that translation was in use right up until last weekend, when we made the momentous leap to using the newest translation of the Roman Missal in English. The story of translation is core to the story of Christianity. To go back to the Gospel of our Mass today, the word Gospel in English is a word that we associate with church. The word Gospel is not readily used outside of church and where it might be used it is automatically associated with all things churchy. But the, go the word Gospel is a translation of the Greek word evangelion. And from evangelion we get the familiar word evangelize. But the word evangelion in contemporary English actually means good news or to be more precise, glad tidings. So to evangelize means to share with other people the good news that we have already received ourselves. The gospel is literally good news. The story of Jesus is the story of good news. And this evangelion, this good news, is a story that we cannot put down once we pick it up. It is a story that promises to change and shape our lives in ways that maybe we wish it didn't. The good news will evangelize us, but only if we want to be evangelized. To be evangelized means to be fully absorbed by the story of Jesus and ultimately to encounter the Lord in a profound and personal way in prayer, in the sacraments, and in the broken community of faith that we call the church. Pope Benedict put it like this in his first homily as Pope. He said, 
Only when we meet the living God in Christ do we know what life is. We are not some casual and meaningless product of evolution. Each of us is the result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. Each of us is necessary. There is nothing more beautiful than to be surprised by the gospel, by the encounter with Christ. There is nothing more beautiful than to know him and to speak to others of our friendship with him. The task of the shepherd, the task of the fisher of men, can often seem wearisome. But it is beautiful and wonderful because it is truly a service to joy, to God's joy, which longs to break into the world. Don't let the good news be lost in translation. Very often we assume that our own experience of church, of faith, our experience of God is all that there is. Our hearts and our minds are therefore somewhat closed to the possibility of evangelization, not because we are bad, but because we become used to religion in the way that it seems it always has been. We know that religion is no substitute for the personal encounter with Christ that Pope Benedict speaks about. It is never too early and it is never too late to be evangelized. It was as a teenager that I really encountered the good news of Jesus, even though I had been baptized as an infant, confirmed as a 12-year-old, went to Sunday Mass with my family, prayed even the family rosary from time to time. But the real encounter with Jesus led me to where I am today, as a happy human being, as a happy priest. And the first task of the priest, of all priests, is not to say Mass, but to share the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. <laughs>